0: Turn to Luke chapter 2. Um, Luke chapter 2, we will be in this text tonight. Once you find it, uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and stand and honor the reading of the text here. Luke chapter 2, you didn't think you'd have to stand twice for, to read the Bible to hear, did you tonight? It's like a workout you're getting. Uh, appreciate Carter's message, and uh, what a blessing to be reminded about light this evening and uh, how. Uh, god we need to walk in the light of jesus christ and so you can't really hear that message too much and thankful for his courage to do that and then pray thankful for ashton praying as well i think both those guys uh, will be headed to bible college next fall Isn't that hard to believe and so it's just amazing to think about that um, but we're, we've got young men that have a desire to serve god and young ladies as well and I think we'll have maybe four or five headed to Bible college for the first time next fall. And, uh, and so that's a good sign. And that they're, you know, I know they're not the finished product, but, but um, a lot of times uh, God, the most important ability to God is availability. And uh, to just say yes... Um, to what he might do in your life. I'm thankful for it. I'm also thankful for those that don't go to Bible college, that just do what they're supposed to do and follow the Lord. Um, and, uh, and I commend that as well, uh, to stay faithful. No matter what you do, have a heart for God and stay faithful to his church and, uh, and he'll bless your life. And uh, so thankful for uh, the, the reminder tonight of the good young people we have in our church Luke chapter 2, this is a text that we're all familiar with. And um, I, I don't know that I'm going to preach out of it this Christmas se- season. And so I thought, might as well read it tonight and uh, do this this evening. It'll be a different message, just so you know, a different kind of message, not one I normally uh, the, preach in, in this way. Um, but I'd like to just look at a thought here. Luke chapter 2, let's read, let's read the text together. We'll read Luke 2. Uh, ...verse 1 down through verse 14, this is the birth of Jesus Christ... ...probably the most famous or well-known passage of his birth in uh, Luke 2. So out loud, let's read it, begin reading in verse 1, Luke 2, 1, ready, begin. "...and it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus... ...that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria... Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. We'll stop right there. In that last verse, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill to men, toward men. So that, that phrase, the idea there of peace is so important at, at Christmas time. Um, and I, I don't wanna miss the fact that Peace was important to God that, he, that the presence, the incarnation of Jesus Christ would result in peace of people on earth. And I want to point that out through in a unique way hopefully tonight as we pray and ask God to meet with us. Lord we need you, pray that you would bless us tonight in Jesus name, amen. Thank you, you may be seated. The result of Christ's birth is that we have the opportunity... To have inner peace. The result of Christ's birth is that we have the opportunity to have inner peace. Because he came, we can have peace. I'd like to think about that thought as we do something a little different tonight. Um, You'll keep your Bible open, but we won't use your Bible as much maybe tonight as one of my typical messages. We'll actually be using a hymnal. So if you would uh, pull out a, a hymnal, there should be one And uh, the seat back there in front of you, that sounded like an airplane announcement. Um, In the pew in front of you, there should be one. Um, Turn to 146 is where I'd like you to turn. 146 is the uh, the hymn we'll be taking a look at throughout the sermon tonight. The song is called, I Heard the Bells. And uh, so just to give a little bit of background here, uh, again, song 146. Um, this song is written, if you'll look there at the bottom left corner of the text, there it says, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. How many of you have ever heard the name Henry, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow? Yeah, it's a name that's familiar to many of us um, because uh, Longfellow is a famous poet. He taught literature at Harvard for 17 years and uh, wrote this well-known Christmas carol. Originally as a poem, originally he had called it, um, a uh, Christmas bells and the original version had seven stanzas, but two have been removed because they contained references to the Civil War, which he wrote this uh, during the time of the Civil War. The remaining five stanzas were slightly maybe rearranged in, 19, in 1872 by a man, a man named John Baptiste Kalkin, who also wrote the melody and arranged the music as well. And so just to give you a little background, the background of the the text here... um, ...if you've ever done any research into the stories behind hymns... ...then you know that a lot of hymns that that we sing... ...were written born out of someone's life experiences. And this is no different for Henry uh, Wadsworth Longfellow. And specifically he wrote this hymn out of tragic experiences of his life. Um, His favorite sister died from tuberculosis... ...when he was only 20 years old and he was traveling overseas when she passed... ...so he wasn't even able to be there during uh, the time of mourning. In 1835, his first wife, whose name was Mary... ...died at age 22 after a miscarriage after only four years of marriage. His second wife, her name was Fanny, was trimming some of her daughter's curls... ...when she decided to keep the clippings in an envelope as many moms do... Maybe you've done that when your child gets their first haircut. She was uh, trimming her daughter's curls and put the uh, curls into an envelope and then tried to seal it with a wax candle. But as she did that, she didn't realize that a few drops of that, that flame had jo- gotten onto her dress. So as she, uh, in just a matter of seconds, realized that her dress was on fire and, and she frantically ran into uh, the, the study where her husband Henry was He frantically himself tried to extinguish the flames and used even a a throw rug, but to no avail. And when that failed, he began to use his hands and his arms. But tragically, his wife passed away the next morning at age 44. Longfellow became known for a long, full beard. And the reason he grew that beard is because while he was recovering from his severe burns, he wasn't able to shave. Uh, You can imagine then the heartache that he went through. Two years later, right after, two years after his wife had died, um, more heartache came. His oldest son, Charlie, was or Charles, was a lieutenant in the Army of the Potomac in the Civil War. And during the Battle of New Hope Church in Virginia, Charles was severely wounded. Um, he was shot and the bullet entered him, his body in the left shoulder. It cut across his body and exited out of his right side. And Longfellow was summoned to the hospital. In Washington, D.C., he brought Charles home for recovery in 1863. It was going to be a long recovery. And it was on Christmas Day of 1863 that Longfellow wrote the poem Christmas Bells. And he wrote it in response to the horror of the Civil War... ...and the personal impact that that war had on him due to his son's injuries. There are a number of great truths expressed in this poem. But if you read it, then you recognize how it starts with such despair. It starts with such down, uh, just downtrodden feelings. And, and I'd like to look at pieces of this as we go. And some of it we'll read out loud in unison. And as we read, I, I want to ask that you don't let your mind be so focused on reading and pronouncing the words that you miss the point of the truths, because there are some rich depths to mine here, but also I believe this is important because... I do believe that many of us feel the same way that Longfellow felt at this time of life. Maybe we haven't suffered the tragedy to the level that he has, but we all, we all have been in downtrodden states. We have all been in despair. And I want to just see a transition that takes place as he writes this and how it could help us. I'd like to start by reading the first stanza out loud. And when I don't want to say stanza, I just mean the first, you might call it the first verse. So verse number one, or stanza number one, let's read it out loud together. Ready, begin. I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play. And wild and sweet the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men. So clearly, um, when he wrote this first verse, things were, were good. He wrote a positive verse, an optimistic verse... As he hears the bells in his local bell tower playing a song, it reminds him of, of the good will of God to men and the peace that God wants to give uh, men and, and women and children. And that's one major theme that you see, especially in this first stanza. And, and then at the end of every line, what is every line? How does it end? Look at it. There, there, there are six words that end every line. What does it say? Peace on earth. Goodwill to men. And so peace is on his mind, obviously. And we know that this is taken then directly from the quote of the angels there in Luke chapter 2 in our text. In, in verse 14 it says, glory to God. Now verse, verse 13. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest. And on earth peace, goodwill will." toward men so obviously Longfellow is quoting um, from that text and when he heard the chiming church bells it caused him to think about peace and that's a natural thought at this at the time of season in Christmas time we think about peace and 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 yet I think it would have been deeper for him in this moment it kind of leads me to, to wonder what kind of peace he's referring to What kind of peace do you think would have been on the the mind of Longfellow? I mean, it could certainly mean peace from war. I mean, he was there in the middle of the civil war. And and after this near-death experience of his own son, Longfellow must have longed for the war to end. He must have been begging and praying to God that the war, that the battle would be over. And just take a step into his mindset I, I'm just imagining that Henry Wadsworth Longfellow is sitting in the, in the bedroom watching his son struggle to breathe due to his injuries. And I imagine in that moment he resented war and he resented the thought of, of war and the thought of the enemy. It, it wouldn't shock any of us if this is the peace that he's referring to, peace from war. Now, we would love to see our soldiers come home, wouldn't we? We would love to see the the conflict around the globe uh, to end. Sometimes war is inevitable, but it's certainly not preferable. And and we know that to be true. Um, Maybe Longfellow was referring to peace in his own relationships. You know, you think about it, the the deaths of his two two wives and and the injury to his son. That would have wreaked havoc on his family. I, I can't imagine how they would have recovered. I can't imagine what his relationship was, was with his remaining children and, and, and his family. Maybe he was longing for peace to be found among the loved one. And, maybe if, and if you've ever been at odds with someone, then you know the value of peace, don't you? You ever been at odds with somebody and you know things are not right and they won't make it right and you don't have the humility maybe in the moment to make it right and you wish it could just be made right, but you don't really want to take the steps... To do it, listen, I, I'm telling you, there's turmoil in that situation. Especially if it's somebody that you value, somebody that you love, somebody that you've been close to. It's no fun to live with unresolved conflict w- with someone else. It's no fun to have, to have a home full of chaos and fighting. It's hard to just carry on like normal when our relationships are broken. And I would challenge you tonight to think about being a peacemaker. We need peacemakers in our, in our world. We need people that, that would fight for peace. If, if That's a misnomer, maybe. But, but, but we need people that are passionate about pe- being peacemakers. Don't be the, that person that incites trouble. Don't be that person that causes turmoil. Peace is something we should all long for and strive to do. Blessed, the Bible says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. It could be that he was talking, though, As well, he could have been talking about inner peace. What was the message the angels brought to the shepherds there that night when they said peace on earth? What did they mean? Well, God wants us to be at peace. He wants us to be at peace with each other, with our co-workers, with our family, with our neighbors, with our fellow believers. He wants you to be at peace with the the other members of Eastside Baptist Church. He wants you to be at peace with non-believers, Uh, He wants you to have a reputation of peace. Uh, He wants you to be at at peace in your own hearts... uh, ...regardless of the circumstances. The the point is... ...the result of Christ's birth... ...is peace on earth. We wouldn't have peace without Jesus Christ. We have the opportunity to have inner peace... ...because Jesus came. Be thankful for that. Christ's birth um, made peace possible. And if you've ever had soul unrest then you're thankful for peace. Jesus said, in, well, Paul wrote in 2 Thessalonians 3, now the Lord of peace himself give you peace always by all means. And it says this, the Lord be with you all. The implication there is that the presence of the Lord provides peace. John 16, says, These things have I spoken unto you, that in, my, in me uh, ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. See, how do we have peace? We have peace through Jesus Christ. If you want peace with God, then it has to come through Jesus Christ. Romans 5.1 says, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And I don't know your soul situation tonight. I don't know if someone may be here tonight and you don't know that you're saved. Listen, if your soul is in turmoil... There is one place to find peace, that is through Jesus Christ, who through his suffering and substitution on the cross of Calvary died in your place so that you and God could be reconciled and you could have peace with the Holy Father. You can have peace in salvation. Not only that, you can have peace as a child of God. The Holy Spirit has been given to us as a comforter. That's what Jesus was talking about. In John 16, you, you have the Holy Spirit. You have God's word. Friend, peace is possible for your life. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And Paul said this, And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You can have peace. You don't have to have unrest. You don't have to be in turmoil. Peace is possible because Jesus Christ came to earth. Unfortunately, there's another theme here that is always at conflict with peace. See, peace is possible, but grief is hard to overcome. See, Longfellow wrote this song about out of the grief he felt over the death of his wife and the injuries to his son. And look at the third. Let's read the second. I'll read it out loud and you just follow along. Look at the second verse says, I thought how as the day had come, the belfries of all Christendom had rolled along the unbroken song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Like he's saying, you know, the first verse is I heard the bells and I thought about peace. And then I thought, well, you know, if all the bells of Christendom could ring, what they would ring, the message they would ring is what? Peace. I mean, that's, that's what every Christian should have peace. Every child of God has the opportunity to have peace. And you might think that this is a song that just is all positive. He has, you know, he hears the bells... They remind him of peace. He thinks about all the bells ringing. And if every Christian could ring a bell, it would be a bell of peace. Well, this is going to be a fun song, isn't it? And then you look at verse 3 and it's like there's there's a change in tone. And in despair, I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said. For hate is strong and mocks the song. Of peace on earth, goodwill to men. I mean, he was in despair. See, this is, this is how, we, how we are, isn't it? We know that peace is available, and we know I shouldn't be in turmoil. I know that I shouldn't make my, my wife's life hard. I know that I shouldn't be um, angry with my children. I know that I shouldn't be a thundercloud... ...that nobody knows if they can talk to... ...and they don't know what mood I'm going to be in. I know I shouldn't be those things... ...because I have Jesus Christ in my life... ...and I have peace with God... ...and that should be the answer. But But there are emotions, though... ...that fight against the peace we have. And there are situations that fight against the peace we ought to have. And when we should have peace, now we suddenly we wake up and today there's not peace. Now today there's despair. I mean, he was obviously in despair. Do You ever feel that way when you look around at what's happening in our world? I mean, despair expresses a more desperate level than even grief. I mean, the first Christmas after his wife's death, Longfellow's journal entry read this. How inexpressibly sad are all holidays. Sounds like the Grinch, doesn't it? How inexpressibly sad are all holidays. A Merry Christmas, say the children, but that is no more for me. He was, an, he was not able to emotionally hear the bells of peace and joy that were ringing because of his grief. See, he felt there was no peace on earth. And you think about it, the Civil War was raging. And to those people in 1863, there was no end in sight in that time. And we forget just how desperate that would have been. You feel like you're watching your country fall apart. People that were your friends, now they're your enemies. And and there's no end in sight. How is this war going to end? Listen, there's always some conflict on planet Earth somewhere. I was reading just today the Geneva Academy... Um, lists out what conflicts there are listen to this there are 45 armed conflicts today in the middle east 35 in africa 21 in asia seven in europe and six in latin america and depending on where you live in our country some neighborhoods probably feel like a war zone When you realize how much conflict there is, the emotions get strong. I mean, Longfellow used words like hate. He used the word mocks. And you can tell how low he was. So I'm asking you tonight, maybe, are you having a similar problem? See, maybe you're grieving, maybe you're in despair, and maybe it's over the death of a loved one, it's over the loss of a job, maybe it's a broken relationship, or you've lost a friendship, or you just don't see how this situation in your life is going to turn out. Maybe somebody betrayed you, and you've got grief, and you've got despair, and those are often the result of those kinds of injuries in our lives. I mean, Christmas is supposed to be happy. It's supposed to be the the joyful season and yet thousands of people, and you probably know some like this, thousands of people can't enjoy the holidays because of grief. Because of pain that they've endured, because of injuries that they've endured, because of losses that they've felt. And if you are grieving today, if you're feeling the pain of loss, maybe of something or someone that is important to you, it is likely that you're not hearing the bells of peace. It is likely that the bells of peace could be ringing and in your mind it's just noise. You're not hearing what they're supposed to be saying or what they're supposed to be representing. And this poem is essentially a struggle between despair and peace. Which one will win? That's the struggle of life, isn't it? You've, you've got despair and you've on one side you've got Peace on the other. And, the, and so the thought is, are you going to give into the despair? Are you going to focus on the peace that is made possible through Jesus Christ? And it leads us then to the third theme that I see in this song. It's impossible to read the fourth stanza without noticing a, 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 a change in his spirit. See, the difference between despair, and, and we'll read it in just a minute... ...but the difference between despair and peace... Is very often where we're looking. The difference between despair and peace. Is very often where we're looking. It depends on where we're looking. Where we're focused. Because the Bible says in Romans 8. But if we hope for that which we see, that we see not. Then do we with patience. Wait for it. Even if you can't see what you're hoping for, if you keep your eyes on what you're hoping for, if you keep your focus, your attention on what you're hoping for, then the result of that is you have patience to wait for it. But it is when we get our eyes off of what we should be hoping for onto this circumstance and that circumstance and that person and that trial, and we're no longer looking at that which we're hoping for, that's when we lose heart. That's when we have despair. See, peace is the result of choosing hope, and we must have hope in order to continue. Hope gets us out of bed each day. So from the pain and grief that Longfellow expressed in the third stanza, there's a remarkable change in the fourth stanza. So listen to, look, listen to this. I'll read it. Then pealed the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead. Nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail. With peace on earth, goodwill to men. That's some good writing, isn't it? See, I just want to encourage you tonight that you can have hope. And no matter the difficulty, no matter how grave it looks, no matter how tough things are, you can have hope. And we can be comforted from our grief. As I mentioned, John 16, these things have I spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, he says. Why? I have overcome the world, he says. Listen, because Jesus has overcome the world, we can overcome the world. I can overcome despair because Jesus has overcome the world. So uh, the fact that he has overcome gives me confidence that whatever I'm facing, I can overcome that too. Listen, when I was a kid, my grandparents lived near a a big Methodist church there in Abilene, Texas, and when we would go visit, um, I remember every day... The, every hour the bells would ring and, and they were literally in the shadow of this church. And, and the bells would ring every hour but at a certain point every day uh, those bells would play a song. And I just, I looked forward to that every day. I mean I, I like music anyway, I'm a musical uh, person and I, I, it would just fascinate me that those bells could play this song. I remember as a kid every time it would start to play I would stop whatever I was doing. And I would just listen to the song. I would forget about everything for a few moments. And it's not like I was living such a tough, oppressed life, you know, in, my, in, those, in those days. But I will say that when I listened to the bells, I wasn't thinking about anything else. I allowed the message of that song and that bell tower to, to help me focus on something that was greater than the moment. It was greater than the struggle. It was greater than myself in that moment. See, nothing tests our faith like our troubles. And it's so easy to focus on our troubles. But we have to remember that God, it's like ringing bells. God has given us his word and he's given us hope. There is hope. There is peace available. But we can't be focused on the trials and we can't be focused on the struggles. No, we have to remember the bells are ringing out this truth. God's not dead. It's, it's amazing that we as God's people can get so wrapped up in the struggles and trials of life that we forget God's not dead. He's alive. I want to sing the song. God's not dead. No. Not, and I mean it makes me, you know think about that song, but it's good for us to remember. It. We need to remember this. See, to those shepherds on the hillside who had waited for centuries for the coming Messiah, the angels, said god is here he's not dead he you can have hope because he's working and to the struggling christian tonight i say this jesus is alive god's not dead and you can have hope and if he overcame the world then he can help you overcome your despair If he overcomes the world, he can help you overcome your struggles. If he overcomes the world, then you need to take your focus off of the trials and listen to the message that's peeling through the air God's not dead. Longfellow's son eventually recovered, and and, uh, Longfellow eventually himself came back to his faith in God. Why? Well, because of this there is peace for the soul that continuously remembers God is not dead. See, it's easy to despair when you look at the turmoil and you look at the trials. And I just, tonight, maybe you've lost faith. And that one truth to give you hope is this. God isn't done working. See, those shepherds on the hillside, you know, in their minds, they're thinking, oh, the Messiah, he's never going to come. We've been out here, I mean, years, we've been out here watching sheep. The Messiah is never going to come. I wonder if they were talking about it that night. I don't know why. Maybe they were, just talking about it. You know how that is? You cannot bring something up for a long time, and then you talk about it, and then that day it happens. And then on the hillside, they're talking about, Do you ever think the Messiah is going to come? And one of the skeptical ones says, no, we've been waiting for so long. God's not working anymore. He's, he, he's not coming. And when they, those angels showed up and just about gave those guys a heart attack on the hillside... And reminded them, hey, the Messiah has come. The Son of God is here. Glory to God. There's peace on earth. He was reminding them, say, just when you think there's no hope. Just when you think God's no longer working. Just when you think God's presence is not real. He reminds you, no, he is here. He is real. And he is still working no matter what the trial and no matter what the situation looks like. Maybe we don't hear bells maybe as often as, as we used to. I know there's, there's a church on the east side. I hear the bells sometimes. And, but maybe you're not going to hear bells. But maybe anytime you hear about the birth of Christ this season, maybe let it remind you that God's not dead. Anytime somebody talks about the birth of Christ or you see a Christmas display, let it remind you that when you think that nobody cares, God's working. And when it's the night is the darkest and you think, well, no, this is, there's no hope in this situation. No, he is actively still working on our behalf. And he goes to great lengths to bring people peace. William Simon wrote this about Longfellow. He said, as the bells continue to peel and peel, that means ring forth or sound, Longfellow recognizes that God is not dead after all. That right shall prevail, bringing peace and goodwill as long as there is Christmas and its promise of new life. Listen, Christmas is not just a time for parties and a time for family. It's a reminder that Jesus Christ was born. Well, why was he born? Well, he was born to work in people's lives. Why was he working in people's lives? Be- because he wanted to bring them peace. He came to give you peace. And for you to go through this season and miss the fact that Jesus came to give you peace would be to waste December I just want to remind you tonight your circumstances may not change but when you have hope the way you see those circumstances will change let Jesus restore your hope instead of focusing on the trial focus on truth what truth well God's alive he's actively working and he wants to give you peace don't waste Christmas by missing the message of peace I know this sounds Cliche tonight, but it's not. We see in this man's life the way he wrote that peace is real in our darkest moments. Look at verse 5 says, Till ringing, singing on its way, the world revolved from night to day. A voice, a chime, a chant sublime of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Isn't that life? It starts out good, things are good, then something happens and now we're in the pits of despair. But then something, a bell rings. Okay, maybe not really a bell, but maybe it's a friend who comes along and like a bell says, hey, I can tell that you're not really in a good place. Can I help? Uh, They come along and they say, hey man, you, you really have the wrong mentality right now. Let me give you some truth from God's word to help you out with this. Or just when you're in the throes of despair and there's no hope, somebody comes along and does something really nice for you. And it's almost like, it's not a bell, but it's almost like God sends somebody our way, like a bell, to give us a message and remind us, yeah, it's dark. But there's hope because if Jesus Christ has overcome the world, then he can help you overcome your despair. And I'm just thankful for the bells at times. The people that come along and remind me um, that maybe I'm not thinking right. Maybe I'm not in a good place in in my spirit. And they just remind me or they encourage me or just give me a word from God that reminds me that I can have hope. And if Jesus Christ came to give peace, I don't want to miss it because I'm focused on the trouble. Let that be an encouragement to you tonight. From Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. Let's stand. Every head bowed. Every eye closed. Let's respond tonight to the truth. And I know it's different. I know it's a different message. And yet there's a truth here. That, that I think we can use. In our times of despair. There is hope. We can have peace. Because Jesus Christ came. Father thank you for the truth. I pray that you'd help us this evening. To be reminded of it. Um, Even as we go through this season, I pray that we would let the uh, reminders of your birth not just cause us to feel warm and fuzzy, God, but help us to be pointed back to truth that reminds us that if you have overcome the world, then you can help us overcome whatever trial we're facing. We love you. We need your peace. We long for it. God, we know that you're alive. We know that you're actively working. And we know that you want us to have peace. I pray, Lord, that I wouldn't miss the peace because I didn't do what I was supposed to do. I'm asking you to work in our hearts tonight and remind us of this truth in Jesus' name. Amen.